Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello. And so I thought this week, uh, you know, we'd take a little break, as we've done a little bit uh, recently, from our usual game designing. Yeah. And just do some, actually do some sort of reviews, some some discussion about some of the games we've been playing lately instead. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we, we tend to try to find some of the more obscure indie kind of titles. We're often into, you know, finding new up and coming games. Some of these might be in early access. But uh, we'll just we'll just go back and forth with some of the games mm-hmm. we've been playing lately, and then have a bit of a discussion. We've both these are games we both we've both played uh, in preparation for this. So yeah, uh, yeah. Did you want to what did you want to talk about first? Um, so this game is is something in in I know it, I don't think there's really a name for this at the moment. So I'm just going to cu- come up with mm. it now. It's a metro. It's a modern retro game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Depressing Underwear 64. It looks like yeah. it was produced on the 64, but it came out literally last week. Yeah. Um, sort of almost like a D-make, uh, but not quite. It's where, yeah, they're, they're intentionally going for that that style. Hmm. The really, really, really blocky polygon type. Yeah. But I do like that they're using some of the more modern- uh, sort of post-processing and stuff then yeah. to not, in, in ways that add to it, but are things that you couldn't really have done back then. Yeah. Like, one of the things that I, I really like about it is that they do use, you know, the anti-aliasing and all those sort of things. So, even though when you look at it, it's like, yeah, I can see the jagged edges of, of the polygons. It still looks really smooth. Like, it looks, Well, and I think it just adds to, it looks nice and... It looks like it fits in the world. Then. Yeah. It's uh, solid in the world kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, not pasted on as it can sometimes look when you get those edges that are, you know, not quite- uh, So sharp that they can cut through, a, cut through a background. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They just tear up the background. <laughs> That'd be an interesting game game design idea, actually. So, maybe we'll, maybe we'll- have that for for another time. <laughs> if you turn on, if you turn off anti-aliasing, then it just tears the whole game apart. You fall through the through the floor. Um. Oh damn it! I, I've I've got all the all these ideas for <laughs> for a game. Not, Why aren't we doing not, game design tonight? We're not damn doing it. game design tonight. These are games that <laughs> actually that exist. Definitely exist. <laughs> uh, and can be found on the dark web. Yep. Oh yeah, depressing underwear sixty four is. Well, it start it started out as as like a spiritual sequel to Superman sixty four, uh, which of course was a right, the underwear. Yeah, and they they obviously couldn't use the license because no. they would have got sued. But um, but they kind of made a game that you've just like it's almost what the original Superman should have been. Well, so what I liked about this because. You know, as we all know, that original Superman 64 had ridiculous things about just Superman flying through hoops in these completely fogged out, you know, areas with no view distance. That you couldn't go up or down because it's like you, you'd you get, you know, smoked you out into by like, the, yeah. the kryptonite fog and- Yeah. All this So, they've stuff. taken away a lot of those limitations. And, and this is sort of where, you know, some of the modern- uh, you know, the, the, the modern things come in so that even though it looks like a Nintendo 64 game, they don't have as many limitations on 
the view distance and the area that you can move around in. Hmm. And what I like is that they've ma- that they kept the flying through hoops. Yes. But somehow they managed to make it compelling. Yeah, they really fun. did. Yeah. Uh, I really like this. There's almost- They brought in this kind of roguelike aspect to it where, the you know, the different rings, the different hoops, uh, as you go, you'll unlock new types and you mm-hmm. sort of have to discover what each one will do. Yep. Um, you uh, know, be very you careful st- about the flaming one because the flaming one can set your cape on fire. That's it. You have to get through it, you know- Nothing but net, basically. Mm. I mean, that's really true about all the hoops. They should have called the game nothing but net. Like, because, you know, I know that they couldn't use the the Superman logo Mm. and all that sort of stuff. So, it was just like a really weird Clark Kent knockoff. But every time he went through one of the hoops, he just said, swish, swish. Well, I think think they called the... Isn't that... I thought that was the character's name. I thought it was, like, in a kind of Shazam kind of way, like, saying his own name. Yeah. Captain Swish. I think that is his name, actually. Yeah. You're they right. kind of- They don't- uh, There's not a lot of story in there yet. And again, this is one of those ones that's in early access, so they're sort of still building on it. Mm. Uh, and I'm really excited to see how they do add some story kind of stuff in there that works with the roguelike kind of thing of, of mm. building up, like kind of in a Hades way. I think they've got some plans there to, uh, you know, to, to build the story from run to run, which is mm. cool. It is really cool. And you're right. Just the, the hoop thing and how they implemented that into the boss battles and all that sort of stuff that, yeah, you know, you had to fly through fly through the different hoops and as you flew through each hoop you sort of deflected something from um from well, one of the and, characters and what the- i and what i loved is when they start that when they mixed that up for the first time i think it was on that second boss uh when you're fighting the big octopus is though when they added the collectible hoops mm. that as you fly through them they become hula hoops around your waist and they've got that nice little animation of your character, like, keeping him there. Yep. But then you can, like, fling them off. At each of the tentacles so that- at um, the te- Yeah, like, so as the, an attack. Each of the tentacles is kind of, um, you know, spinning ha- holding the hula hoops. Yep. Exactly. Like, didn't have the choice. So, yeah, look, the boss design is really cool. Mm. Uh, and again, yeah, the, the way that they've managed to vary up flying through rings, you would, you'd think it'd be impossible, but they've managed to make it interesting enough that it's a compelling- you know, game to keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I found quite, quite, you know, annoying that they couldn't get the licenses is mm. they really didn't try on, on the names of, of like the main characters and that sort of stuff. Like Rex Ruther. Um, yeah, Boas Bane. Yes. Like, I mean, I don't even know. Uh, that is already iffy having Bane in there in a DC like inspired game, but I guess they got through it, you know, yeah. because of it's only part of the name. But Mary Black, yep, instead of Perry White, like it was just weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, it was, was it was kind of cool that they did get J. 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 Jonah Jameson to play Mary. Like it kind of fit, he he kind of played him almost <laughs> like a. Almost like a, um. Do you mean they got? Uh, no, yeah, shit. Sorry, <laughs> <What's> his name. <laughs> the guy who plays JJ Jameson. 
playing a very J. Jonah Jameson part. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I can't even fucking remember his name now. I've lost it. All I've got in my head is fucking Cave Johnson from I, Portal. Well, I literally, because I literally also played the desk simulator thing, yeah. the, the Aperture Desk game. Uh, Which kind of starts eerily similar to another I, game I played recently, or, or I, somewhat developed. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to tell you that off air, actually. I was going to bring that up because it started and I was like, is this our fucking game jam game? Like, it starts just like the game we developed in the game jam game. Uh, just yeah, less dark. <laughs> yeah. It, and it very quickly goes elsewhere, yeah. obviously. Uh but yeah, if you haven't played what is it, Aperture Desk Simulator, um, then uh, yeah, give it a go. J.K. Simmons, <laughs> J.K. Simmons, see it's J. So yes, they did get J.K. <laughs> Simmons, yeah, in there as as sort of the newspaper boss, which is amusing because he uh, as was a- really playing a J. Jonah Jon- Jon- Jameson sort of. Part. Yeah, well, they a much more hard assed uh editor than than Perry White is in the in the Superman comics or in the Superman movies as well, I guess. Is he has he shown up in the movies? I mean he has in the early one, like the Christopher Reeves ones, but anyway. Yeah. I it was I don't know how they got that. I guess he's just willing to do anything. J.K. Simmons. He shows up in um, places. I, I so. think he, he chooses some really good roles though because like he yeah. was amazing in this. He he definitely made you know Kark Kark Clint um, and his his like whole merry band of of ventures uh, merry band of heroes in you know the mustest me yeah <laughs> yeah really lazy really I mean they, I almost feel like they're placeholders they mm. got to rename that. Like they're gonna get sued, even, even with that. Um, yeah, I mean, when, when Planiac came up, that was quite that was quite interesting. Um, yeah, that, all, all the that classic villain. Uh, yeah, was that like the fourth the fourth boss? Yeah, fourth boss after um, Doctor Octopus, <laughs> which is from another from, from another, another like, series so <laughs> series altogether. They're just but, crossing. I mean, I guess that when they're not actually licensed, can, they can do what they want. As long as they change one letter of the name. Um, yeah. So, once they get hand- I think they're going to get Handman in there. Mm. Uh, maybe bring in a <laughs> General Bod. It's just a sexy guy. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot they can do. Yeah, I, I heard that, you know, they've, they've only gone into, you know, early access. But I heard that they are trying to get John Cena to play um, General Bod. Makes perfect sense. It's Either that, or I reckon John Hamm would be a good choice as well, because, you know. Any of the Johns, he's really. A, he's a sexy man. <laughs> Any of the sexy Johns. We all know who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, check out uh, Depressive Underwear 64. Yes, Depressing un- yeah. Underwear 64, the unofficial uh, Superman. Superman 64, like spiritual sequel, basically. With yeah, lots good. more hoop flying and draw distances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go into it, yeah, I know that this is kind of breaking the rules, but I do kind of want to jump into a little bit of game design stuff. <laughs> okay, you just you've been inspired. I've been inspired, and and you know sometimes that's what that's what the reviewing these games can actually do. I mean, look, this is the thing you you you, pl- you pl- when you're doing a lot of game design, you can't help but when you're playing games that exist in the world, 
you take things from them and think about how they could maybe be applied in different ways or so yeah, yeah. go on um i love that idea of you know anti-aliasing will like if you turn it off it becomes <laughs> things become so sharp so sharp but the idea being that you find something for all the all the different sliders and that sort of stuff and you know oh, yeah, you can yeah. turn reflections on and then you can see into into like a mirror universe or if you turn them off then you know maybe there's a there's something right so in the mirror essentially that, your, that is your graphics panel is is, is your super gameplay mechanic yeah so you turn off v-sync and suddenly you can like be in two places at once for a brief second mm. half of your body is in one place and half of your body is in another you know behind running behind yeah and there's puzzles you have to solve where your legs need to be need to be standing you, on you a- You still um, need to be standing on a on a, on a platform while, while you're pulling your lever over here. <laughs> you have to do it so- You have to do it within the fucking render time- Like the render time of a single frame. <laughs> yeah, but the cool thing is, you could also then just go, why don't you just pause it? Yeah. And your character just pauses and he goes, yeah, cool. Well, legs are standing you just, here and- You've got a frame rate. Like, you've got a frame rate cap. You put it down to one or less, and then you've got that time that it's only drawing one frame per second. And so, if you move in that second, it will tear because it's, you know, you've, mm-hmm. you've moved it while that frame's being drawn. Uh, <laughs> that, that is uh, <laughs> that is an interesting <laughs> kind of thing. What else, what else could you do? Uh, um, shadows. You turn um, up and down the shadow quality. Yeah, because of course there's a big shadow realm thing, and if you if you turn it up past high and to mm. realistic, you see like stuff that you really shouldn't. <laughs> like there's shadow beasts out there. Like it's really scary. Right when you turn it down, <laughs> they just become weird blobs, blobs that can't do anything <laughs> to you. But you turn it up, and then they're creatures. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But sometimes you, you've got to you've got to actually you know talk to the shadow. The people in the shadow realm, hmm. because if so you, you don't to talk to up. them, because uh, if you don't talk to them, like then you then you can't get past the mirror monsters, mm-hmm. because they help you take on the mirror monsters, and that's where all the reflections come in. Um, right. right. I just I like the idea of being able to use the the graphics panel as I like the idea that the graphics panel is still like three clicks into the menu. <laughs> it's like press start, press options. Press graphics, press advanced, <laughs> just so just to turn the fucking anti-aliasing on and off every time you need to do that. No, that would just be annoying. But- no, but then 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 your character goes, oh, let's see that you're doing that. It's like, you know, you I I could do that for you. <laughs> and does this mean you and the does character? Does this mean this are- game needs a pause and an actually really pause button? <laughs> For when you actually want to pause your game. No, I, I think your character is the only thing that moves during- Right, okay. Yeah. During gotcha. a pause thing. So, he goes, don't worry, everything else is paused, just Everything's not me. Everything's frozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first time okay, you do it, he, ta- he looks at you and goes, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> he can only see you when the game's paused. Um, and, and the- The- main protagonist of the game is played by J.K. Simmons. Yeah. I mean, we'll just put him in all the games. He's yeah. a virtuoso of the art. Mm. 
even though most of his characters sound pretty much the same. <laughs> uh, at least in games, generally, he's doing the same sort of shtick. Yeah, but uh, it's good shtick, so... What? It's good shtick. <laughs> oh, if you've got All nothing right. else to put on yeah, this, yeah, then... Yeah, I I wanted to talk about Underwater Kitchen Battle. Very, very cool game. Yeah, yeah, I like this one. Uh, look, just sort of mixing... The, the fact that they kind of mixed up a version of, like, um, Overcooked and... Uh, what's the swimming game where you build stuff? Ah, oh, Subnautica. Subnautica, yeah. Yes. It's just... Cool, like yeah. th- this this multiplayer cooking game, but you're underwater, and so you're having to like prevent things from floating up to the top, and you know you just got all the all this stuff going on at once. Kill fish, yep, yeah. Run away and get your ingredients, cook them up. You're trying to you race against the clock, and then being but able gotta, to sabotage. But you got to be very very careful because if you cut into that fish and release too much, well chum as the game calls it yeah. you know you attract sharks and that's just bad so you got to be very careful when you time your your cleaning and all that sort of stuff well that's it and you know then the, the, the sort of the advanced uh feature there where uh, you can improve your recipe by adding well, ingredients from the sharks if you think you can beat them but you're taking a big risk yeah in in doing so yeah, and look, I know that they meant well, but they really shouldn't have put in shark's fin soup. That that was a little bit off-putting. You know, that's actually a real thing that that does yeah, actually- and a lot of sharks get killed for that. I yeah. know. It, it was a bit weird seeing as most of the other fish are fictional. Yes. But I guess sharks are just sort of that classic predator that, that they kind of did that. Um, yeah, but so you and I, you and I played this online. Um, yeah, cooperatively at first. Yeah, so we were on one team and <laughs> it, mm-hmm. cooperatively at first. <laughs> Sorry, well, I, so I, this is the thing. So it it's a two by two. It's a two v two um, with the, the the different kitchens battling each other essentially. And mm-hmm. then really, I like the design. They're, they're very retro fifties style kitchen, but you know, buoy, buoy, with the buoyancy in the water kind of. Uh, attached to the bottom, to the, to the bottom with these big chains, kind of just keeping them floating there, which was kind of cool. But it really showed that, I mean, for us, it worked well because we were playing cooperatively and we were there on, uh, on Discord and could communicate, but you really needed to be able to communicate in this game. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's easy to just, be chasing the fish that you need and, and head right off into the ocean and be in danger mm-hmm. um, or just even get lost and, and not really be able to find your way back. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember one of the, one of the other teams got lost in the seaweed forest um, yeah. for yeah. like, it felt like half an hour. <laughs> like the other guy was just I mean, I was trying, focused to, trying on, to cook and on what we'll, yeah. But I mean, we, we trounced them because yeah. They weren't keeping track and, yeah, I don't know what they were doing out there. I think I think they were trying for a strategy where they were gathering a bunch of ingredients so they, they could just, like, churn out the, the meals then, but mm-hmm. they kind of didn't time it very well. Yeah. Yeah, it, cert- it certainly made things a little bit harder, like, um, especially because they still had to get meals out and this this poor guy was, was spending a bit of time, but... Well, that's it, and the big... Uh 
the big sea monsters that you're trying to feed, hmm. you can't let them get too hungry. But I'm also sorry because, you know, I know I felt so sorry for him and I know that I went across and I shouldn't have been helping him for as long as I did. And I know that you didn't quite <laughs> like that as <laughs> as much. But I just it was a bit weird that you were like, wanted to give him a sporting chance. And we were pretty far ahead by that point. Uh, but, I mean, part of that, I think you just didn't want the game to end yet. And you knew that if they didn't get some mm. meals into that, yeah. you know, sea beast, then the game would have been done. And we were, we yep. did have a good run going. Yeah. Um, because I do, it, it is an interesting thing to have a, a 2v2 game with the rounds being that long. Because mm. in a very subnautica-ish kind of way, you actually, you have to find the right things to upgrade your tools enough you know, to, to get a better cut for your filleting or whatever to, you know, you've got your little uh, blowtorch, uh, what do you call it, like acetylene torch mm. um, that you have to build out of the couple of pieces in the in the wreckage. Yeah. So, you, you do have to balance up that exploration phase with cooking the relatively simple meals you start with until you get the other tools. Yeah, what I do like is the is the fact that they didn't do something that a lot of games would have done, where it's that you could probably actually all work together to to feed mm. and get mm. all the sea sea beasts fed. In fact, looking looking at this now, I mean, oh, I think that's a valid I, way to play. I think that's actually how you're supposed to play it. This is this is for four player cooperative. <laughs> Were we playing it wrong all the time? I mean, I think that's why we actually got reported, because we I, were killing those guys. I mean, if they didn't want you to kill each other, then why did they put that in there? That seems a bit... Yeah. I think it's open to interpretation, which is something that I like about the game, is that, yeah, you could play it cooperatively, and maybe that's even how they intended it. But it is called Kitchen Battle. Yeah. So maybe we're just making an assumption based off that. Yeah. But I I mean I mean if they really didn't myself. want you to use the cleaver to to take, you know, the other chef's hands off, then why would they allow you to do it? No, but then why did they code in the ability to lodge it in their skull? Exactly. Because like that wasn't necessary. Yeah. And it's tough to pull it out again. Yeah. Like it's a risk to do it, that. You it, lose it, some time. You 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 not only lose some lose some time. But you attract sharks again, like, because that lets all the blood exactly. out. So, we did, anyway, we did need to use mate, that cleaver again, though. Tell us if you've played Underwater <laughs> Kitchen Battle and we're, and, you, and we're playing it wrong, like we might have just realised on air, then let us know. But, I don't know, I'm going to keep playing it. The way as, that- That's yeah. competitive. Yeah. 2v2, because I like it. Yeah. Um, of course, the biggest release last week- Hmm. You know, everyone's been looking forward to this this massive open world game, and you know everyone, all the review all, scores have been. You all know what we're talking about. Masters from a very, of Spelling Dystopia. Yeah, yeah. From a from a very big company, they've put out a number in the series uh, before of the Masters of Spelling games, and this one. Yeah. I mean, it's a masterpiece. Yes, yeah. Masters of Spelling colon Dystopia. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Like, the, to think that all these games are sort of all within this one timeline, right? Yeah. And, you know, they incorporate 
spelling they they incorporate you know this dystopic world of you know obviously in the spelling wars that happened in the last game well that's it yeah this is like post spelling wars now mm. which everyone said that after the previous trilogy that there was no way they were going to make it forward that they could that they could come back from that i mean that's it because you, it, the whole trilogy started with this you know i mean what was a utopia at the time and the fact that spelling played such a huge part in day-to-day society you know to the point that that words correctly spelled words were currency mm. but not you know, only, not only you- currency but they were a weapon like well yeah well i mean they are so many things but as long as you use the right words you know i remember the most overpowered word probably in the first game was diarrhea because no one knew how to spell it and if you spelt that i properly- always liked i always went with focaccia that one worked that one played well for me because no because it, it is a tricky one because you're never quite sure where it's a double c single mm, leader yeah but um yeah i went far with focaccia but the, the the fact that you could, you know, go out there into the world and, and find all your letters and put them together and build them like almost like a blacksmith, you know, sort of beating beating a sword together from just different, different well, bits of metal. And then, and-, and then the way that they brought in some of the Scrabble mechanics as well, mm. where, you know, you had you had spots for eight letters. Uh, but if you got a good, you know, you, it's like, oh, this uh, template has a triple letter score on the third letter. And so you're like, oh, okay, what letter can I use or what word can I use that's going to really max, you know, maximize that triple letter? Um, you know, you don't want to just put an N there or something. You want to find something where you can get a, a Q or a yeah. Z or an X or something. I did try Requiemly. Uh, but it didn't. It didn't accept it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I can get that cue in there. Like, what I'm impressed by is how well it's translated into English. Hmm. And I mean, I guess that just comes down to the word list in a way. But uh, considering that it's a, it's a Polish game to begin with, and you know their frequency of letters is very different as well. So they've obviously put some thought into what letters should be interregionalizing, yeah. powerful um, as you as you create your word weapons and things. Mm. So, mm. Um, I mean, uh, we really should talk about the second game in in the trilogy and the fact that no one really liked it, and I think it's because the popularity of Upwards just it it wasn't as good elsewhere so the fact that you could keep on adding letters adding to it, letters it to change sort of, the word it sort of made yeah, it a bit it's funny unusual, about it because they they i don't know if they specifically looked to scrabble variations in the board game world to sort of add those mechanics in or not but i was glad that they in the third game then took that out as a main mechanic i yeah. do kind of like that that there are still those specific uh artisans who if you you know if you want to make a change to your word you can you can add a, graft add a letter it, yep. <laughs> yeah but that it's not part of the main because it just yeah. it sort of just muddied it all up mm. and it made it really hard to know you like the stats got so complex but anyway we're, we're talking about the old trilogy let's talk let's talk about the new game yeah yeah so one of the things that they added in this one was the open world yes so for the first time ever we've got a map 
for the yep. first time ever, we've got like, you know, a, a story that you can follow. Well, and a story that you can, I mean, and, and the story was always discovered in, in a lot of ways, but that it really is this broad thing that you can discover in any order, you know, yeah. but it all still sort of comes together. Yeah, um, rather than just reading weapons and it's actually literally reading re- reading the weapon itself. Yes. Um, they did yes. add some some actual text into the into the Yeah, well and look into and the not, weapon. Again, not, not to go back to to the old trilogy again, but one of the most impressive things was how much story they got across literally just through the in game words. Mm. Like there were no notes, there were no you know, there was a bit of dialogue here and there, but uh, most of the story was in this really environmental way where it's like you find a weapon on the ground and it says rancid mm. and you know, you know, that's something you kind of get it, get just to, just to get a sense of what's happened here or who built this without it being really spelled out for you. Yeah. But um, I do think that in dystopia they've- it it's helped that yes. they've fleshed that out a bit. Um, I love the upgrading system. The fact that you can just add verbs to yes, <laughs> all 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 your all your different weapons. You can just uh, if you find a if you find a verb, if you find a adjective, and all that sort yeah. of stuff, you can just you know add add all these different things to to. Increase your weapon. Like if you if you want your sword to be able to dig, you can just add the dig, like the dig verb, and then all of a sudden you, it becomes a you know gets a little shovel t- tip, and yeah. then if you want it if you want it to be able to you know um, well, help way- you sneak, you can just yeah. Well, it gets furry. Like it kind of gets like a the texture changes so that it's, it gives the impression that it's not going to make sound. Mm. Well, and that's what I, this, the weapon, the system that they've done with those different verbs and the way that they tie into the gameplay and give you so many more options. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that helps with the open world like that. But, you know, they have the the punctuation that you can, that you dig up, like you have to find the maps and dig up that, that punctuation using a, a, something that you've added dig to. And mm. that's just a whole layer on top. Like it, it's, it, it's not necessary to finish quests or whatever. It's just there as something else to explore and something it's, else to do. It's emergent storytelling. Like you, yeah, you found dig like at the very start. And then it was like, all I've got is swords. What if I add dig to a sword? And it's like, oh my God, you know, this can go anywhere. And then, you know, well, the and fact- then the way that, you know, the, 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 uh, I love the way that they introduce that then because the first, uh, because they kind of guide you to that first punctuation mark and it's, it's an exclamation mark. And the fact that you can then add that to a verb and it becomes more powerful, mm. like you can throw it on dig and now it digs larger holes or twice, you know, and twice as fast. Or you can, you know, you, or you can just throw it on your, word on your noun yep uh whatever you've made your weapon out of and it adds you know power to it it's yeah i just love that they've done that um um have you found the the question mark yet (laughs) no i I was i was about to do it just before we started tonight i so it's it's interesting because if you put it on your sword Mm. it means that sometimes you just won't hit like it'll just pass (laughs) right through them Cool. But 
it does triple damage when it when does you hit. do hit. So it's sort of it's this it's balance. It's a 50-50 sort of are you going to hit or not, but you get triple but damage you get so a, you a good bonus when you, you do. You yeah. end up you end up, you know, on Oh, I haven't tried. I wonder what happens if you add the exclamation mark as well. So you get like a, a, a shebang or sort of bang or a shebang. Yeah. <laughs> uh it might just, yeah. I it might, it may actually break it. I don't know whether they they put that in. Do they give you? A, I don't know if they give you a slot for like if you they let you just add another. I don't know. I'm gonna have to try that because I feel hmm. like I feel like that's something they might have thought of. But I really shouldn't have, you know, because diarrhea was so powerful in the previous games. I oh, did no. try it again, <laughs> but I forgot I had slimy as as my adjective, as your adjective. and it just no. That, like, I had to close my eyes and sort of <laughs> click away. <laughs> um, well, again, I'm just impressed by I th- I threw how that, many- I threw that weapon straight straight off the cliff, and that's now that's now a Fisher's weapon. <laughs> I'm just impressed by how many of the nouns, again, for not being in the English game, uh, that you actually get those effects from. Because, mm. obviously, it's a huge word list, and, and a lot of it's just based on frequency of letters used and how long the word is and that sort of thing. But, yeah, there are those key, uh, a surprising number of key nouns and adjectives and things that actually have a visible effect mm. on your weapon or on your tool. Um, you know, like, focaccia doesn't do anything, but- Breadcrumbs yeah, does a lot. Like, Well, yeah, bre- that's it. If you use- and, and that's a tough one because it's a long word, but if you find breadcrumbs- then it actually you get a thing on your map where it's <laughs> where, where you've, you've gone, been. but it's just a big baguette as well. Like it's just it's an amazing weapon. Like it's a it's a blunt weapon, um, but geez, you can beat I do love shit the out humor. of people. I do yeah. love the humor they add into these games. It's it's just it's, it takes itself so seriously in game, but mm-hmm. the it's ob- it's so obvious that they just have so much fun with just putting weird wacky stuff in yeah. there. Um, I found it kind of weird. Uh, I don't know whether you whether you travelled into the dark forest. Um, no, there are a couple yet. of Easter eggs. Like mm. um, you, you, I saw at one stage. In fact, where I got the breadcrumbs was uh, two skeletons, uh, two young children. Um, they had H yep. and G written on them, <laughs> right. and I picked it up and like it became a baguette, and you know that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then I met this this nice old lady. Um, well, I was going to say, did you find? Yeah, did. Was there a was there a candy house or whatever? A yeah. House? Well, well, it it was a house with like lots of Halloween decorations, and when you when I went up there, um, one of the options was trick or treat, and I got a whole heap of candy. So oh, like you could pick up the word trick or the word treat. And- yeah. So I, I chose I chose treat, and okay, I, I got like a like a little bag of candy, and that was <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, what. I don't know if you've tried yet, but if you if you try to build the word dystopia, oh, hence the name of the game, <laughs> it creates like a portal into the game. It's like you go back to the start of the game. Oh, that's that's like how you but get to the new game plus, is it? Or I get yeah, maybe it is because um, it's essentially sort of this recursive thing that they've had in there that I don't but know what happens if you didn't do it again. What 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 happens to your um what happens to your current level? Do you stay at the current level? 
You do, yeah, because you're just going into the game as your character, I guess. So, yeah, I guess that kind of is a New Game Plus sort of thing. Yeah. Well, that, um, that's actually kind of cool. That's kind of very similar to the first Dead Rising game where you could actually restart mm. at any time, keep your current level and- Well, but what's funny about this is it is recursive. So, you can go into that as your current level, level up a bunch in there. You could even finish the game, I guess. But then oh, you come back out, out again, and you're back to where you were but in your a original lot more run, fucking powerful. but now you're more powerful. So, uh, I mean, that's almost a like a difficulty hack mm. for you know to to that they've added in there to let people grind. Mm. You know, that's kind of cool actually. Now that I think about it, huh? They just thought of so much. Like they really have. Yeah, I really, um, we haven't really sure. talked about the dystopic. Um, elements of the game. Yeah, uh, well, I don't want to give every- too much of the story away. Everything's really, it, but- really kind of dark and dreary. But then you head out, you head out into the wilderness, and it's just like this big, beautiful open plains and all this sort of stuff. You turn around, and like the city's destroyed, but you turn around again. It's like, yeah, the forest and everything is just. Yeah, well, and I, I, it's it gives it a really different feel because in the first games words were everywhere yeah right letters were everywhere you could build words. like it was very easy to find somewhere to construct some words and stuff because of the open world because of the dystopia like story-wise now letters and words are harder to come by yes and and so but that's where the open world really comes in because then there's this real exploration aspect to it and when you do come across a new letter or sex segment of a word or whatever and then it, you have to it, take it to a wordsmith and then then they're able to put it together. Yeah. Yeah, they can put it together for you. But, you know, you're already thinking you're on the way there. You're like, oh, like, where could I put a WR? You know, can mm. I, what other letters do I have? Should, can I make wrong? Can I make, you know, whatever. Or, or split them, you know, you can um, have, the, have the wordsmith, you know, break that segment in half and use the W and the R elsewhere, even if they'll lose a little bit of- uh, Potency. Power in the yep. potency in that process, but if you end up with a more powerful word out of it because of what else you've got. I mean, one of the coolest things that I don't think I realised at the very start, because they didn't spell this out, but the blank tiles that you can get, mm. they can be used as spaces. So, you can actually- Oh, or you can make like phrases. Yeah. So, like let you big sword, like I made, I made that at one stage. And that actually became a massive sword that was just made of that. And then you could keep on adding the adjectives and the verbs to that. See, I didn't- Because I knew you could find, obviously, the adjectives and the verbs as their own thing and Mm. add those on. I didn't realise you could just use your bundle of letters to actually spell those adjectives. Okay. If you've got a space. Huh. I'm going to have to try that too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is it. I feel like we've only- I mean, you and I have put hours and hours into it, but I feel like we've only scratched the surface of yeah, how I mean, much is there. Just, yeah, pretty yeah, incredible. I, I really, really like this game. Everyone should go out and play Masters of Spelling Dystopia. Dystopia. Like, yeah. best in the series so far. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, really well done. Uh, yeah, okay. So, next I wanted to talk about um, a game that we played- and, uh, I don't know, this was an interesting one. British Ghost of Death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, very- I love the characters. 
I love the characters in this game. Um, the fact that you play this very British version um, of the Grim Reaper. Yep. But as the name sort of says, you're the ghost of it. Like this is after the Grim Reaper has been killed. This British <laughs> Grim Reaper has been killed. Is now a ghost in this world and is sort of trying to to navigate after their own death. Yeah. And and dealing with their uh, successor and the. You but know, they're also having to deal with all the people that they raped. And that mm. aren't happy with them. Like, well, yeah, it's, it's, the, uh, and it does use some of those tropes of like the crooked cop or the, you know, or the, the, the cop going to jail who's been framed or whatever and is in there with all the, mm. the criminals that he's put away. I, I do like how they play with that. And yeah, you, you come across these people where they're like, you, you're, you raped me. Like, I'm not going to help you. And you kind of have to bring them back around. And you, you're like, you got hit by a car. Your head was smushed. Like, yeah. just like, in, in that real what British- What did you expect dr- me to do? In that real British, <laughs> like, dry sense of humour where- Call blimey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't do an accent, but it's- The voice acting in the game is quite good. Yes. I mean, they, they did get a lot of uh, British talent in to do this. And for some reason, J.K. Simmons, like he he <laughs> <laughs> pulled a pulled a good turn. At least, the, um, at least, at least he's not doing a British accent. I feel like no. that would have been too much. Uh, you know, he 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 is one of the he's one of the the uh, fucking souls that you reaped on a holiday overseas. Yep. Uh, sorry, on his holiday, when yeah. he was overseas. Not you were you weren't on no. holiday. You just you go you go wherever the. You go where, where the deaths are, yeah. Where you the go where are. people have been have been mortally damaged. Yeah, but I really I liked how they. I don't know. I, I just like how polite, like because they show you know you start the game where you're essentially managing a yeah you you uh, do, reaping a soul. You do a couple couple of reaps and like and it's this very polite thing, you know that that your character comes up and says you know oh, sorry to bother you but. You have you've been killed, and if you'd come with me, I can give you a you know spot of tea and before I take you to the great unknown. And, you yeah, know, it's just it's very civilized kind of way of doing it. Yeah, I, I found it really quite interesting because it was it kind of opened like one of those old house episodes where it's like you you see that um, you know it's just a random person sitting down having having coffee yep. with with their yeah with very their much a cold open kind of thing very cold open and then all of a sudden. You know, everything seems to freeze. Yeah. As you kind of see, like, a ghostly version of the person reach towards their heart and start to fall backwards. But the person's just sitting there, and very slowly they fall backwards, and the Reaper reaches out and, you know... Yeah. Holds out their hand and and invites them into the great unknown. Like, beautiful open. (laughs) Beautiful open. Beautifully... 2D animated mm. se- se- segments in the like cutscenes, you know, ba- basically right out of a, you know, an animated show, uh, and and then the the artwork itself in game is is you know of similar quality, even though of course it never quite moves as smoothly when you're having to account for player actions and that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. uh, with the animations, but 
Yeah, I don't know. Just, just really cool. I haven't finished it yet, so I don't, I don't know. Have you? Did you get through to the end? Um, I think I did. I mean, there's there's so many different endings to the game from what I from what I've read. Oh so yeah, yeah. Therefore, I think I got, I think I got like not the best ending, but like the the middle ending where it's okay. sort of like he's accepted that you know he's he's dead and that. Like he's he's got his best friend Murray, and you know Murray's just talks his ear off the whole time. Yeah, but such good comic relief. Like it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that they did that. Um, yeah, I haven't finished it. I haven't got any of the endings yet, but I think I'm close. So I mean, it could come. Maybe the endings. Maybe there are some bad endings there, but it sounds like at least one of them's satisfying. At least. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's um, good. He he basically. Like, you don't mind if I spoil just this ending. Um, spoiler, 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 if you haven't played it. Yeah, if you haven't played it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, he gets a condo. Okay. And, yeah, just, he gets a condo, holds holds a, a poker party, and for those who have played through the game, you know how, how mm-hmm. invested he is in poker, because yep. that's, like, his main thing. He... The reason why he actually ended up in hell is because of the because of the you know gambling for souls and all this sort of stuff, and he's trying to right his ways and all this sort of stuff. And he holds a a no like it looks like a no li- uh, a no limit uh, poker game, but it's just with chips. And it's like oh, right. so he still enjoys his poker, but it's like but it's not he's no longer anymore. going for souls. But then we'll see. So he's. Because the, cha- the chains are still around his ankle, and that's why it's uh, kind of like it's not the perfect, not the perfect ending. I think the perfect ending was if you know you could work well, out I how to get that I out. I was getting the sense that he was going to be able to gamble his soul back, mm. his own soul, and so maybe I don't know if that's one of the endings that you haven't got then or not. Um, As I said, I mean, I only, could kind of go that one, yeah, and they could kind of go either way. Whether that's like because it's sort of a mixed thing. You know, obviously, it's a happy ending, but he's giving in to his, you know, his vices and still gambling souls. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's maybe that's sort of an ambiguous mixed ending that they put in there, too. But I do like that they that they went to their effort. Um, and then you can really, obviously, you know, see a few different ways that it could play out. Mm. It's cool. And at the end, there was that guy that brushed all the, um, all the, all the, poker chips off off the table and was cleaning up afterwards mm. and it was just it's kind of interesting okay that that really was a cool game i don't know how how we can top it but let's try it anyway uh paranoid jack hammer slaughter that's <laughs> that's one of my favorite games That's that a, we've tried yeah. for the last little while. Yeah. Um, Paranoid Jack, you know, it's the second game in the Paranoid Jack's, um, you know, world. Uh, yeah, well, and this I enjoyed the little puns mm-hmm. that they put in there. I liked that the first one was Paranoid Jack Potluck. Yeah. Uh, the little jackpot thing, and now it's par- and now it's Jack Hammer. Like, uh, that's that always amuses me. That gets my attention, so... Mm-hmm. Um, they've just announced the the uh, sequel. Yeah, Paranoid Jack of Trades. 
Uh, Jack of all trades. I mean, uh, yeah. Paranoid yeah. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Of all trades. Yeah. Cool. Um, and it, it seems to be like a, a an open world thing that they're, that they're talking about. But this one came out a couple of years ago, but we hadn't got rid- gotten around to playing it until, you know, yeah, yeah. last couple of weeks. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, the the main character is a little unlikable. I found he's very paranoid. Like, I mean, he's paranoid, <laughs> and they they obviously play into that. But just I, I don't know. I don't know if there there's a little bit of because he sort of comes across as like a bit of a druggie or something. And I mean, <laughs> I guess that's often you know paranoia or whatever. But well, he's kind of a bit irritating. It, it was definitely a lot more paranoid in this one because you know. He was, you know, at the end, at the end of the last, the last game, the ja- jackpot of love or jackpot, jackpot luck, yeah, jackpot luck, apparently jackpot uh, luck. Um, he did end up, you know, sort of getting into into sorts at the end of end of that game, where you know his paranoia was actually, you know, shown to the world and justified. Oh yeah, yeah, um, and. Yeah, so he's still dealing with that, and of course the new, the new drug that that's on the streets that are that is going around everywhere, hammer slaughter, um, because literally when you ha- when you're using it, you feel good, but then when you come down, it feels like you've just been slaughtered with a hammer. Yeah, uh, that's w- that's where they got their name. So his sister in this one, when it opens up he's come back from from his job and he finds out that his sister's high on this stuff mm. yeah I know. Yeah. and so you know he doesn't want her feeling the pain of of coming down off it and so it's kind of a weird game that he's he's trying to wean her off it but also you know well and i just i her- just found because you know obviously in in potluck the first one you know, they really went heavy on the platforming mechanics and a lot of collecting coins mm. and, you know, that sort of thing, which which tied into the theme of sort of the- and The potluck, yep. Mm. The potluck and the gambling and stuff. This one this one had a little, little bit more adventure gamey sort of sense to it. You know, it still had some platform elements, but it, it well, definitely- Well, and they- and the, Yeah, they, it was a real mixed bag because then- they did bring in sort of the dialogue stuff with the adventure things, but then with it all being set sort of with that top-down camera, like a, you know, a bit of a 3D beat-em-up kind of thing, or a like a Diablo view yeah. almost, I guess you'd call it, um, and that you just end up fighting off all hordes, these enemies. Hordes of drugged up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the villainization, vilification, I guess. Uh, of drug users was a little bit on, you know, a little bit off in in the first place, but uh, it did it did really feel like it was jumping from these sort of story bits of like, oh, you're trying to save your sister who's on this drug, but then just like killing all these people who are also on the drug. <laughs> it was sort of that always that um, ludo narrative dissonance, I think mm. is the word, uh, you know, that you get in like the Grand Theft Auto games and stuff where it's yep. the yep. gameplay didn't really. Jive with the story, yeah. Especially, but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> it, it was it was definitely fun. And then the fact that you could actually play co-op, yeah. it was one of these things where uh, I mean that's kind of why we even jumped on it, yeah, in the first place because we were looking for more co-op games. So. Yeah, especially after we after we finished that 
game you know it takes three um which was so weird because it was just a co-op game like and you had that weird ai player with you yeah they, they really should have just like done it got two. rid of the ai um, and made it two players but yeah, yeah but anyway um so anyway after we finished that uh we thought let's find something new but what i really didn't like is the fact that you could only play a single level and then you got disconnected at the end and then you had to re go through yeah the- like the menus and stuff and start the next level as yeah a- it's, it's sort of like the open world part in between each mission you couldn't actually do but some of the missions that we played were like literally five minutes of go here pick up something from the supermarket and come back like sure you kill a few things on the way but um, it was almost it was a real mishmash uh yeah they sort of it felt directionless Mm. in a what in a lot of ways and i mean i know the first one wasn't that popular either and and often sequels can you know, they try to add too much stuff, and I think that's what it felt like. They were like, oh, we should add co-op, but also we should add open world, but also we should, add, you know, change the gameplay style and have, you know, ho- you know, beat them up horde mechanics sort of stuff. And then they really didn't mesh them together very yeah. well. Um, so, you do end up with, oh, you can do the, you know, this mission in, in co-op, but they they'd obviously started building the open world stuff in a way that didn't, that didn't uh, work with the co-op or something, you know. Yeah. And then they had to had to make it all work together. So, but yeah, uh, I'd probably give this game what a six out of ten. Like I know that we don't usually do things, but it was sort of like, eh. I I knew what they were aiming for, but I'm not sure whether I'll I'll stick stick with it. Like, yeah. Look, it was a bit of fun for some co-op. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Paranoid Jack of All Trades, if they are going fully open world and if they do the co-op right, could actually be really yeah, kind of cool. I hope that they learn from this one, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of manage to really tie everything in, in, in the next one. Yeah. Oh, you know, we'll give it a try. We'll give it a go for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do your last one? And then yeah, let's call do it night? one more. Um, and so this is the mobile game that we've been playing, actually. Mech with Friends. Yes. Mech with Friends. This is a nice little, a nice little game to just, uh, you know, fill some time as, you know, is the, that's what mobile games are good for. But, you know, putting a turn-based, uh, turn-based combat game on your phone like this that you play with other people and like throw turns back and forth mm-hmm. I, I don't know why people haven't done this sooner like the phone is the perfect yeah. uh, the perfect thing for that where you can have a bunch of games going with different friends at the same time it's like oh I've got a little bit of time I'm going to do my turn on this game do my turn on that game do my turn on that game you know you obviously get a notification get a notification and when, you know, when the other person's done their turn and I haven't been to the toilet for a while so you go to the toilet you put yeah, in a couple of your moves and then you yeah. come back and then you get another message and you go I forgot to coffee. go to the toilet again <laughs> <laughs> it's the endless coffee toilet back with friends cycle yes <laughs> um, it's actually why I had to turn off my phone during during the week so that I it can, can be well this and I yeah there were a few times where I'd, I'd send you a, a turn and, you know, within a couple of minutes get another turn back and it's definitely easy to just get into a very... Mm. Uh, just have a full gaming session when you really only meant to do, you know, one turn in the middle of your day while you're taking a breather. But 
but you know that's kind of the that's what I would love to but that's what I like about it is that it it's so flexible like that mm. um and the fact that the mechs were so customizable but they it never felt like over the top you know yeah yeah it, it all felt I- it, it all fed in with the aesthetic of I mean, you did have to, to, to unlock some of these customizations. You did have to watch a well, fair I few like ads it, and, and like play a few match three games. But yeah. Yeah, I like the way that they've balanced that you can only use as many of your, like, you've got that point limit that you each, based on where you're at, mm. for that match, you, you can only use a certain amount of points. Yeah. So it, it does, it, you know, you can't play against 20 randos and then I come to a match with you and I've unlocked a bunch of stuff. You know, I, I'm still limited in the power of what my mech can be, but yeah. I can be strategic about, am I going to, you know, use the lasers so I can bounce around certain corners or am I going to just use the more higher damage, uh, you know, missiles and different things. So, yeah. And, and I do like the fact that, you know, they did put some of those match three sort of almost, you know, those I mean, story games that that are going honestly, on in the single it's player not a mobile campaign game without some match three. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> it's it's certainly one of these things of, um, you know, merge mansion or or one of those sort of things where, you know, it's got a full story going on, but that's just the well, single and player. Think, stuff and I think and, yeah, well, that's it. I think I I like the way that they tie that in though that, uh, I, again, you know, to unlock more things, you can go through some of the story, do the match three stuff, and it's. Themed, so you know you're still doing mech stuff. They basically kind of treat it as these like uh, VR missions and stuff, but the gameplay is completely different. Like it's yeah. it's match three, but it, it still works thematically. And then you know that gives for people who do want to just sit down with the game, you can still do that and have fun with it. Even if you, like honestly, you could never play a multiplayer match against anyone. Yeah, I I love the fact that they they managed to mesh the two things so seamlessly like yeah. it, it feels like they took two different games and just mashed them together just because they could they kind of merged them because you know that's that's <laughs> the whole the whole thing <laughs> uh they did they did you need lucky it is only two games because if it was three games and they put them together it'd disappear yes. and the game wouldn't exist uh, <laughs> just a little match three humor for you there <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm enjoying that, and I think we'll, you know, I'll, that that's definitely one that'll stay on my phone for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they keep adding new content, which is really nice, new new stuff. So, oh look, I, I think we've got enough time to actually do the the other thing that we were talking about, where we just quickly go over a couple of games that I've been playing that you that you've been playing. Bit that of a lightning round, yeah. The ones we didn't play together, yeah. yeah. Right. Um. Raging Porn Blaster. Uh, that <laughs> it's got God, no- you play some trashy games. It's got nothing to do with porn. It's just like I think they want it to be edgy, and it's mm, kind okay. of like a an upgraded like um, sort of road rash game. Oh, okay. You know where you you sort of driving around. It's just the main character out of his stereo is just blasting porn porn noises the whole time. <laughs> What's the point of that? That's bizarre. It's just it's his character quirk. Mm, okay, but yeah, he, he's it's sort of like a car version of Road Rash that you're you're yeah. driving around and knocking people. 
That's out. cool. And, yeah, it's kind of kind of cool. It's just that you don't really want to be playing it out in the lounge room because some of those sounds can get rather sexual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been playing political, the political love beta, mm-hmm. uh, which is an in, like an interesting kind of relationship. I mean, it's basically like a dating sim kind of thing, um, but based around a you know a, a politician's campaign office. Yeah, no, I mean, it does, it's not doing anything innovative, but I mean, I'm enjoying the story mm-hmm. so far, and the the art's really nice. So it's a good one. That's cool. Um- I know I said that I wasn't going to play it, but I I did play the Mario ripoff Lucky Plumber story. Um, <laughs> it, you get too much time on your hands, man. It, it, do, it does have some things, but you know sometimes I like playing a mobile game, and the fact that they yeah they were able to you know get you know a very Mario esque game. Look, that's fair. There happening. aren't there aren't a lot of good platformers on mobile. I feel like yeah. that's a real missing thing. Uh, and this did have a pretty cool story about this lucky plumber who ended up in in you know a fungi cl- uh, kingdom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played a bit of uh, Data Wind, which was it's this real kind of interesting abstract sort of actiony like Twitch Twitch. Not Twitch streaming, like not Twitch integration. When I say Twitch, like, you know, quick, quick movements, quick thought game where you're essentially kind of surfing, like windsurfing across these data streams. Mm. You were, I guess you're sort of supposed to be in a computer, but it's just very almost Tron, Tron like. Yeah. I was going to say graphics. Tron, but, um, is it sort of eighties based or more nineties based? Uh, it's a bit more nine. I mean, it's sort of got matrixy vibes almost as well. Um, Late nineties, yeah. It's not the green. That's not the matrix green. No, it's more it's of a me. yellow kind of vibe um, of the sort of CRT. You know, a bit mm. of the eighties CRT sort of stuff. But yeah, kind of, kind of faded a little bit. That you know, the whites aren't quite as white anymore. They're more yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then the you do run across sort of tech uh, technology pieces of technology which look a bit more nineties. Yeah. Um, in in that style. Uh, but no, I, I'm really enjoying that actually. It's just a, yeah, really, I, I appreciate a, a game like that that I can just kind of zone out a bit. The art style is really cool. There's no story to worry about. It's just get a good run, get a good score. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. One game that I've really gotten into and I, I do this, I play rounds daily is Quiz Inspector. It's that game where, you know, they send out different quizzes to you and you've just got to inspect them, make sure, find find the spelling errors and all that sort of stuff. And you, you sort of get, um, your character gets paid based on how many, how many errors you sort of find in it. And, and if you find a question that literally cannot be answered because they mm. didn't give the right multiple choice, then you, then you can sort of, you know, find the answer and actually paste it onto the bottom. And <laughs> it almost feels like they're making like that it's, it feels like the sort of thing where teachers have uh, uh, created like a folding at home kind of thing or whatever, where it's like they're outsourcing their their, uh, their double checking to to gamers. But yeah, it, can't, um, it look, kind of that, does feel like case, kind of does feel like that. But you know, there's there's lots of customization that you can do for hmm. for your for your little home there, and you know, I I went through a whole heap of geography quizzes last week and you mm. know i didn't know yeah. so i just sort of let them all through and <laughs> <laughs> right oh well yeah and i got i got paid quite quite a bit of in-game currency for that and that was 
that was pretty cool though yeah. well, got, got an my, interesting one got myself a a pink envelope that i could you know then send a letter out later on you know okay <laughs> that's a yeah <laughs> i don't know why look i think it's not my type of game that one that one doesn't that does, but i'm glad you're enjoying it um and then i think this might be our last one uh i've been playing the vr game blaster point um cool. the one where you like you, your gun is just your finger your hand where yeah. you point at things uh i don't have a it probably works really well for the quest. I think it's yeah, because you quest, can actually because you can actually point and do it. But I'm just doing it on my on my um, Rift S or whatever. Uh, but uh, it still works. Like obviously, it's still in game. The the comedy of it is is still there, even if you're not making the actual finger movements. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's just well, you it's, kind of are. Like you, you kind of are anyway, I guess, but not quite the yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not physically pointing necessarily even though you're aiming the things but uh yeah it's really fun it's uh just very funny actually um kind of in a bit of a like goat simulator way where just but but not quite as wacky i don't know it's Mm. you get different effects when you shoot and point at different things and um you know and especially when you start like double finger gunning people and stuff you, know, you never quite know what's going to happen. Sometimes it's just like literally you do a finger gun and they do a finger gun back, and then sometimes you shoot them and they die. Like, yeah, it's you know they really play up that your hands are lethal weapons. So yeah, um, and you really shouldn't just be going into a room going. Yeah, like doing finger guns at people. It's like that. That hand's loaded. Sounds great, but that's a pretty cool one. Yeah, I haven't played any VR for a while, so yeah. Cool. That all doors. I think that'll do us for this episode. Um, look, if you enjoyed, if any of the games tonight sound like you'd enjoy them, go out and support the devs, mm-hmm. uh, pick them up, and let us know what you thought. Um, unfortunately, most of them are not on Steam. Um, you know, just have a look on the deep web, have a bit of a look around, like, you'll, you'll find them. Yeah, they'll, they'll come up. Uh, you definitely need to use some of the... Uh, the, the the more difficult to find search engines yeah um you know just just don't don't use if you can, the pirate bay because that's got a really no, bad no, no. torrent of of masters of spelling you'll dystopia you'll find something bad you actually the best way i've found to find these sorts of games is to there's that they've actually got alta vista still up it's not at altavista.com anymore you have to go there Oh, yeah, through yeah. the GeoCities link that you sent me the other day. That's right. Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But that, uh, they index all the, all this sort of game. Yeah. So. Anyway, if you would like to find us online, we're not hidden in the deep web. We're just at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Go there, listen to all of our previous episodes. I command you, listen to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, and if you listen, to, them, listen to all 272 episodes. At the same time. They'll finish around the same yeah, time. It'll only really take you about an hour. Yeah, exactly. Some of them will finish earlier and then it'll get clearer and clearer and clearer until finally you just, you hear one ending. Like and t- Yeah, and, whatever and, our longest episode is. And, you know, hopefully you can then tell us what our longest episode was. I think it was around episode 200 or something like that. Probably. Okay. If... You like the song that we play at the start and end that you just heard if you if you did our did what we asked for, <laughs> for you to do. Yeah, if you paused this episode, went back, did what we just asked you to do, and now coming back to this, then yeah, you've heard then it you just, a lot of times overlaid. 
Yeah. Maybe slightly off. Maybe slightly off. And that that last thing that you heard was, you know, the song Mad Defiance off of the the, album Containment Failure by our band that we were part of, Cora Dust. So... That's right. That's how we got the rights because we wrote because they're ours. They is us. At least so two of the members. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. And don't spell diarrhea in Masters of Spelling Dystopia. It's it's really not worth it, especially if you have the slimy as the as the verb. It's just I'll never get that image out of my mind. This is not good. Trevor's hint of the week. Yeah.